0: Hey, really quickly here. I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. And uh, how y'all doing? Um, Really quick. Well, welcome online church, my friends online. We're we're glad that you're with us online. And so I hope you're paying attention. Please keep this tab open, and uh, don't scroll. Don't let face, scroll Facebook in another tab while you I have this one open, and another one. Do, let us be more than background noise for you while you do other things. And I hope you're worshiping and you're growing and you're digging in and engaging. And uh, but really quickly, tonight is Holy Spirit night. Yes, I hope you can make it at six o'clock. We will be here. We're going to be worshiping together. We're going to be praying together. And uh, we're going to be here live doing that, crying out to God and worshiping. How many were at our last Holy Spirit night? Wasn't that amazing? Yes. So we're just anticipating this, this river, this flow of God's Spirit to continue tonight as we worship together. So come on out. If you've got plans, cancel them. If you're cold, put on a jacket. If you have any other excuse, poop on it. Just come. Okay? <laughs> That's a great excuse to poop on, okay, so, um, (laughs) amen, way to just squelch what God was doing. So anyway, uh, I'm late. so let's go ahead and put our vision statement up, and uh, let's say it together, we are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God, and so that's what our church is about, you guys. And we're not slowing down. We're not stopping for pandemics. We're not stopping for weather. We're not stopping. We're just going and following what God is doing. And so uh, that's what we're all about. And so today we're going to do is we're going to conclude our three part series on neighboring. And it's hard to do three part series on a subject like this. I hope some of you picked up the book by Jay Pathick, The Art of Neighboring. Uh, it's just a fantastic book. And, and, you know, grab that. But we're wrapping up our series called Hope Dealers. And um, we're just looking at how we can reach the people around us. And, and so thank you for engaging with us. So hopefully you're growing. You're learning how to be a neighbor. And you're learning how to be a neighbor that's a reflection of Christ's love and Christ's compassion. And that's what that's all about. I remember when we first got married, you guys, a long, long time ago in a land far away, uh, 28 28 plus years ago uh, in Denver, Colorado. My wife was a Denver native. I didn't realize there was like a Colorado accent until I met her and she had a little bit of a Colorado accent. Uh, I remember moving out there and I just felt like I had moved to Disneyland. It was so beautiful. There were mountains everywhere there was (laughs) linda's like it's not as beautiful as disneyland nothing's as beautiful as disneyland don't you blaspheme disneyland and um but (laughs) it was just so wonderful and beautiful and i got married and uh i was you know 21 years old and we lived in this apartment building it was an apartment complex called woodhaven doesn't that sound beautiful it wasn't, but, you know, it was. Uh, it sounded beautiful, and I remember I paid $315 a month for an apartment in Denver proper, so you know that was a long time ago, yes. Uh, it was garden level, which was a nice way of saying basement, and so... Uh, But I have to admit that, and actually when we got married, we bumped up to regular level. You know, kind of, we had garden level beneath us, and then we had the second floor up there. And um, I wasn't a very good neighbor. I wasn't a very tolerant neighbor. I was not a very forgiving neighbor. I stomped on the floor when the neighbor's music was too loud. Uh, Our neighbor used to love at about 6 or 7 a.m., Saturday mornings, he would play the same song. Every Saturday morning, he would play Rose Garden. <sighs> he, was garden he was garden level, so that made sense. But... So, ever, so I'm sound asleep. I used to love to stay up late when I was 21 years old, and I would get woken up with the floor vibrating. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. And I'm like, bam, 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 and I'm stomping on the floor. And I'm like, ridiculous. You know, it's 7 a.m. It's Saturday, and I'm just I'm stomping on the floor. And... and uh and I remember one more. I was stomping on the floor because he's got the music up super loud. And he's like, hey, cut that out. Cut out that stomping. And I'm like, I'll stop stomping when you turn off that music. You know, we're like yelling. Yeah, I was a terrible neighbor. And, like, if, if the upstairs neighbor was watch, you know, watching TV too loud after, like, 10, I would call security on them. Uh, I was that guy. I was that guy. I was... Ooh, yeah okay and i would call security on them and uh here's the thing i couldn't tell you any of their names i couldn't tell you the name of any of my neighbors but i could tell you all the ways they annoyed me right i don't know their names but i know their annoyances i know the way that they bugged me and uh, i was a I was a curmudgeonly old man at the tender age of 21, at the tender age of 21, I was curmudgeoning, and uh, I just did not like, uh, I just had a hard time. And even today, even today, sometimes, sometimes, if there's a persistently barking dog in our neighborhood, I get annoyed. I don't call security now, you know, and now I just inwardly stuff it all and, <laughs> and let it simmer And I imagine taking a little bit of hamburger with some doggy sedative out to the neighbor's dog and setting it there, Uh, different sort of ways that I could do that. Uh, But I I know that's not what Jesus would do. I know that Jesus wouldn't go and tranquilize the neighbor's dog. Uh, Now, I can't tell you whether or not Jesus would want to, but I could tell you that he wouldn't. And so I know that's not what Jesus would do. I don't know what your relationship is with, like with your neighbors. Maybe all of you love your neighbors and you have your neighbors' names written down and all that stuff. But I guess that there are at least one or two that get on your nerves from time to time. Maybe, maybe play loud music at the wrong times, right? Uh, or maybe they, you know, kind of blow some of their leaves into your yard. You know they're doing it. You know they're, getting, they're pushing their leaves into your yard, right? Um, or maybe you just have a neighbor that smokes a lot of crack, you know, and uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe you have a yes. <laughs> I know we went from leaves to crack. So, uh, so just <laughs> yeah, right. A whole lot of crack going on out there. Uh, so, so I don't know. Depending on your relationship with your neighbors, it's it's just it's not easy always to to live at peace with people when they get on your nerves. And they live next to you because those annoyances, are, they're just in your face all the time. You know, they live there, and you live there, and that's just the way it is. And there's almost sort of like a helpless feeling, sort of like, I just can't do anything. And you just don't know what to do. And so, uh, by the way, if, if, you've got, if you're like living in a neighborhood somewhere, and there's not someone in your neighborhood that like annoys you, you might be the one. If you don't have that neighbor, you might be that neighbor. And so, uh, you know, something to think about for you guys. So maybe you're the neighbor that at Halloween gives out Tootsie Rolls uh, to the kids. Maybe you're that neighbor. I don't know. (laughs) So uh, it was wonderful. So regardless of how well or how bad you get along with your neighbors, we could all kind of use a little help. Um, Just... Being an example of Christ's love and being an example of forgiveness. And so that's kind of where I want to touch on today because I think that's really important that we become forgiving neighbors. That's hard. I think sometimes neighbors and family members can be just the hardest people to forgive. Uh, It's either close proximity or close relationship we have a very hard time sort of like forgiving and letting things go. And so I want to talk about that really quickly. Let me just pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We want to continue to submit to your presence, submit to you what you want to do in our lives. And so, God, I pray that you would cause your word to come alive in us today, to bring transformation. We want to come to you being transformed by your word, not just taking in information. So, uh, Lord, we love you we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to read Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 21. I think Paul gives some really good guidance here for getting along with our neighbors. It says, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. I think that's a good one just in general, as a general rule, to be happy with those who are happy. And weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think that you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do uh, things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. (laughs) Don't stomp on the floor. Don't turn up your music to overpower theirs. That's not in there. That's just me. So leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And so if you remember one thing this morning, this is the one thing I want you to remember. And it's as people who bring hope to others, forgiveness is not an option. Forgiveness is not an option. we, you know, we can't treat forgiveness as something that's optional. Um, You know, I think that a lot of times, um, especially when it comes to neighbors or it comes to, you know, offenses from people that we could live without that relationship. Okay, right? But we tend to treat forgiveness as optional. Forgiveness is not an option. And we need to take a close look at those neighboring relationships that are strained. What neighboring relationships do we have that are strained and, and how how do we heal them? We'll find a way to heal them. Okay? And so, unfortunately, forgiveness is usually the most difficult path to take in a strained relationship. When that relationship is strained, sometimes forgiveness can be so hard. Because we have that sense in ourselves of being wrong, and we have sort of a righteous anger, and we have a sort of justice or a sense of fairness. Right comes in, and it's just, and it's not fair. It's not fair when you've been wronged, or it's not fair when you, your neighbor has treated you rudely, or the people around you, or family members have been rude or dishonoring to you or disrespectful to you. Especially, I think for for men, uh, it's it's very difficult because men have a have a uh, have a, a low threshold of disrespect when a, when a man has he feels disrespected the the last thing he feels like doing is going how can i how can I lessen the tension between him and me All right no because when a man 's sense of of respect has been threatened or has been violated it's very hard for them to kind of move forward and go okay how can I be the one the first one to reach out and bring restoration and uh, and that can be really 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 hard um, and so it's it's easier you know for most people to just go I'm fine everything's fine don't you hate it when people say that when it's so, especially when it's like blaringly obvious that things are not fine and they go I'm fine everything's fine and, uh, and so usually what I like to do is go, okay, everything's fine. See ya. Right? Everything's fine. I'm not going to press into that. I'm not going to try to push through. I like to take people at their word. Everything's fine. But sometimes we say, I'm fine, everything's fine, and we do that in a way to sort of excuse somebody else's behavior. We do that to excuse, oh, no, it's fine. Right? Ah, uh, the neighbor did this again. The neighbor let their dog come and poop my yard again and didn't clean it up whatever. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. They're just human, right? But you know what? Excusing someone's behavior is not the same as forgiveness. They're not the same. In fact, excusing someone's behavior is usually kind of the easy way out. And it's not the way that I believe that God wants us to take, is to just excuse it. So excusing someone's behavior is not the same as forgiveness. And it's just kind of a way of stuffing that anger down to resurface at a later date. We've said it's fine. We've said it's fine. We've said it's fine. And then at a later date, somebody does something this big, and we explode. Right? Okay? We do that. But we, we're people who have been forgiven much. We're Christians. We're believers. Right? We're followers of Jesus, and we have been forgiven a whole lot. And Jesus calls us to extend that kind of forgiveness to others. You know, in Scripture, he says, hey, you know what? I've forgiven you. I expect you to extend that forgiveness onto others. Remember the parable of the debtor, okay? And so what are some steps that we can take to live at peace with our neighbors? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. The first thing we need to do when we have an offense, when there's something going on with our neighbors, we need to identify the issue and assess its severity. Identify the issue. What really is the issue, is the issue that one time something happened? Is the issue that there's a repeated pattern, that there's a repeated behavior that you find very offensive? Assess the issue and, and, and identify the issue and assess its severity. Is it really that big of a deal? Like, have you ever uh, been with one of your children and they are throwing themselves on the floor and they are wailing and crying and they're just eh, ah all because their balloon touched the ceiling right or all because that piece of candy that you have a hundred of in another bowl somewhere touched the ground or all because you know what i'm saying and you're like yo it's not that big of a deal right sometimes we are like those children and we throw fits, and we are so upset over something that's really not that big of a deal, we need to assess the severity. So when doing so, be humble. Be humble. It's so important that we take the humble stance. We think about Jesus and the way that Jesus was beaten, the way that Jesus was affronted the way he was attacked i mean everything about him he was completely humiliated right and he even took a humble approach and said father forgive them okay so listen be humble it's so important that we take a humble stance with our neighbors it might be as much your fault as it is your neighbors it might be but you will never know if you're too proud to take a look okay pride just loves to put the blame on everyone else Pride just loves to go, it's their fault, It's they weren't like this, it's all them, and they offended me, and whatever. But humility says, well, let's just start with me. Let's, let's start here, okay? might be as much my fault as it is his. Or they might be lashing out at you for something that you're doing, but you don't even realize it. Like I said, if you don't have any annoying neighbors, you might be the annoying neighbor, You might be the one who's been doing something annoying to them, but you don't even know it. You don't even realize this is a total blind spot. So be humble, okay? Ask yourself, is there anything I could have done or could be doing differently? What could I be doing differently? Maybe you're grumpy about other things, and your neighbor's small issue is a convenient target for your frustration. Maybe you're super frustrated at work, and you're just grumpy about all these other things, and then you see that one little piece of dog poop. And it just, you just, you just, wah, it's poop everywhere, right? It could be something else. Maybe you're grumpy about other things. Always start with yourself when trying to identify an issue. Always start with yourself. Always, you know, if we just kind of made that a rule in relationships in general, we would all be super happy, right? If we just said, if we just started with ourselves, right, you know, I mean, how many people get upset and maybe like, you know, uh, storm out of a volunteer role or leave a church, right? And then the church is left going, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. They were happy. Everybody was happy. We were all getting along, and all of a sudden they're gone, and they're telling everybody what horrible people we are, right? But if we all just kind of start with ourselves and go, huh, maybe there's something in me. Maybe there's some immaturity in me. Maybe there's a need that I'm trying to have fulfilled, and I'm expecting them to fulfill it, and really it's not their job to, Right? That's a, good, that's a good thing to think about in marriages as well. Maybe I'm expecting my spouse to fulfill a need that it's not their job to fulfill, you know? I know Wendy talked about that a while back, you know, about expecting, you know, your spouse to fulfill a role that really only God can fill that hole, God can fill that place in your life. And so uh, have some uh, humility. Start with yourself. The next thing is, is choose to obey Jesus' command to pray for your enemies, Right? We need to pray for, our, for the people that we're upset with. We need to pray for our neighbors. We need to pray for those who are irksome. Pray for those who get under our skin. Pray for those who annoy us. Pray for those who, you know, just, just make our skin crawl, right? Pray for those people. Pray for your enemies. Pray for their well-being. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their repentance. Pray that they would come and find mercy at the feet of Jesus. Pray for your enemies. Pray that God will make a way for you and that person to be reconciled. Pray for a way. Okay? And I think I mentioned, I probably told this story before, but I remember way back in high school, which was back when we wrote on stone tablets, and and I rode my pterodactyl to school, and uh, we would go, and there was a kid that just loved to, like, uh, annoy me and make fun of me for being a Christian. And he he would call he would call this was back in the day I don't know some of you might be old enough to remember this but there was a time when preachers on TV were just completely under fire you know a guy named Jimmy Swaggart had a moral failure and it blew things up and then you know right around that same time a guy named uh, uh, from from uh, PTL Club the lady with all the makeup and you know the Bakers and all this stuff was going on and so because it was Jimmy Swaggart and Jim Baker This kid used to come to school. He'd always call me Jimmy. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? You know, just trying to rub that in. You're one, you're just one of those guys. You're like those TV evangelists, you know, and uh, I was a senior in high school, and I, it just would bother me, you know, I'm like, what's going, what, you know, and I would go, no, I don't even watch those guys, you know, and I'd try to defend myself and stuff like that, but he would just keep at it, just like every day. We had a, uh, we had a a 12th period sight class together, and just every day, every day. Hey, Jimmy, what's up, Jimmy? What's up? I need laugh and whatever, and he try to get his friends to laugh, and uh, and so uh, one day, uh, my brother had come back from a trip from California, and this was back in the day before the internet. Now you can get anything you want all the time, right? You go on eBay, you get it, whatever. But he brought me back this really rare California skate shop. That I would like to ride my skate my skateboard and uh, this California skate shop sticker, and I was going to put it on my skateboard. It was super cool, it was super rare. I knew I was going to be the envy of the neighborhood and um, And I looked at it one day and I felt like the Holy Spirit say that 's an opportunity because this kid was a skater too, and he worked at a, a local skate shop in Kenosha, and so I felt like the Holy Spirit say that's an opportunity, and so that day at site class, class, he came up to me and he went, "Hey, what's up, Jimmy?" And I said, "Hey, my brother bought this, brought this back from California. I wanted to give it to you." And he he was like, it was like you know, his face was just like, "What? Are you what?" And he knew exactly what it was, and he knew how rare and valuable it was, and and he took it. He goes, "Thank you," you know. And he went back to his desk and he sat down, and the very next day. He came and he showed me where he put the sticker. And he never called me Jimmy again. And, like, things were really cool after that. And sometimes, you know, we just got to wait for the Holy Spirit to kind of, you know, the Holy Spirit will go, hey, I think there's an opportunity here. And so pray for your enemies. Look for ways that you can be reconciled. If there's tension between you and a neighbor or you and somebody else, you and a coworker, pray that God will change your heart and convict you of anything you could have done differently. Okay? Pray for God to change your heart. Pray for blessings for them. That's kind of a weird feeling. Because there's been people I just straight up didn't like and began to pray that God would bless them. And when I would think about them, then there was a sense of fondness after praying for them and praying that God would bless them. So pray that God would bless them. Okay? So a lot of times we want to pray for them, and we're like, God, just show them where they're wrong. God, reveal to them how they have hurt me. No, no. Reveal that to them. God, you know, that's how a lot of times when we pray for our enemies, we like to pray that way. Convict them, Lord. Convict them. Show them what, what, what fart blossoms they are. And so, like, no, that's not, that's not how we pray, okay? And so ask God to change your heart. Pray to bless them. And the third thing is, is look for an opportunity to apologize for your part in the matter. Look for an opportunity to apologize for your part. Sometimes, you know, there's our part. You might be thinking, they're the ones who offended me. Why should I apologize? If they're the ones that offended me, why should I apologize? But maybe you complained about their obnoxious kids on Facebook. Mm, that's called gossip, right? Maybe you accidentally blew your le- their leaves back into their yard right? Since most of them came off of their tree anyway, right? You know, we get that way with neighbors. It's so weird. It's their tree. I got to clean up all the mess from their tree that's leaning over onto my property, right? That's, that's called revenge. Maybe you were unkind. Maybe you were rude or passive aggressive towards them, uh, you know, after their barking dog woke you up at five in the morning, right? You know, if we're not loving them well, then we need to stop and evaluate, be willing to apologize for your part. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to his conviction of sin. I think that's, you know, if we need a revival of something in the church today, I would have to say that we need a revival of conviction of sin. You know, we, we let ourselves off so easy. And I and I and listen, I'm a grace guy. I love the grace of God. I'm swimming in the grace of God every day. But that doesn't, get us, that doesn't leave us off the hook when the Holy Spirit wants to convict us of sin. That doesn't leave us off the hook of, you know, living in a way where there's no difference between us and the people who aren't, you know, following Jesus. Be open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit of sin. And uh, so listen to him. If it's there, apologize. Apologize. Because here's something about a genuine apology. It's super disarming. An apology is really disarming, and sometimes, man, even if someone hates you, you know, an apology will sort of warm them up a little bit. And I remember back when we were youth pastors, we just, you know, we offended a lot of people, and and still do. I think I I measure the success of my ministry by the fewer people that I offend. Uh, over time and so that's you know but i remember back in the day i had done something and apparently i had embarrassed one of the one of the girls uh who was on our worship team and i got this letter from her mother saying you completely humiliated my daughter she don't you know she's shy and all these things and even though you know in that moment you know i wasn't trying to humiliate anybody it was never in my heart to embarrass anybody and I felt, like, in a way, I felt like super raw, like, like unjustly accused. I have been unjustly accused. They have judged me. They don't know me. They don't know my heart. They don't know anything. And so I called them, and I deeply apologized. Because maybe that wasn't my heart, but it was real to her, right? And so I apologized. And I don't think that's what they were expecting. And this mother within a week or two, decided she was going to vol- become a youth volunteer. And she became one of our most valuable youth volunteers on our team. And we had a big team. We probably had 25 volunteers. And, uh, and she became super valuable. And that never would have happened if I would have just went, you know, tried to defend myself or go, hey, let me explain what happened. If I would have called her and said, this, this letter was really rude, and you know what? Why would you hide behind well, You could have just called me. You could have came into my office and talked to me and sending, instead of sending a letter, right? There's so many approaches, so many angles I could have taken on this. But instead, it was, okay. So the Holy Spirit was going, yes, but what can I do with an apology? What can I do if you reach out to this woman? And she, she was so valuable. She was an invaluable youth leader when before she was just staying away from youth and so an apology can be so disarming. It can go such a long way towards restoring relationships. It can go such a long way to bringing peace to a situation. I, you know, I think that, that followers of Jesus should be really good at apologizing. Like, followers of Jesus should be awesome at just asking for forgiveness. And do you know what keeps us from asking for forgiveness most of the time? Our pride, you know. We're too proud to. We're too proud to. You know, if if, if there's a if, if there's a situation that you are in and and, and some and there's something kind of like mm, pressing in, on you annoying you, something where your pride is kind of kinda of peaked a little bit, your pride is sort of fluffed up, if you're bristling in some way or another, that's usually time for like an indication that you need to do the opposite <laughs> of whatever your pride is telling you to do, right? And so, I know, we've been hurt, we've felt disrespected, whatever. But, God can be so glorified by an apology. God can be so glorified, right? And it can be so disarming, and it can go such a long way towards restoring a relationship and bringing peace to a situation. Yeah, I think that, you know, just as an aside, we need to remove the words, yeah, but, from our vocabulary. You know? Because when I, when I say, you know, you should apologize, yeah, but, yeah, but they, yeah, but. If you find yourself saying, yeah, but, yeah, you're a butt. <laughs> because that means you need to kind of like go, mm, okay, God, help me to look at this humbly. Help me to be more like Jesus. Yeah, You know, we all just need to settle down. So, uh, and then fourth, find an indirect way to bless your neighbor. Find, just find an indirect way. Sometimes engaging face-to-face with an annoying neighbor is really super difficult right? In fact, sometimes engaging face-to-face with an annoying neighbor might bring more hostility and might make the situation worse. So find a way to bless them when you're not in person, okay? Sometimes reconciliation just isn't realistic, you know, but shoveling their walk for them is, or picking up trash that blew into their yard can be, or leaving them a Christmas card can go a long way to help you love and to pray for them more, okay? So find an indirect way to bless them. It's hard to stay mad at people when you bless and pray for them. It really is. It's hard to stay mad at people when you bless and pray for them. And so ask yourself, what's the most loving thing I can do for this person? What is the most loving thing I can do for this person? And ask yourself that and and then just go do it. Go do it. Go do the most loving thing you could do for that person. And so... As we close the day, I just want to remind you that neighboring is not always about being happy and comfortable. It's not. If you're neighboring correctly, then it's about allowing God to polish off our rough edges. Because as we get better at relationships, we become more and more like Jesus. Right? As we become... like, I've heard it said that when we get to heaven, we're going to have perfect relationships with everyone. You know? And I've also heard it said that when we get to heaven... That, you know, it's going to be about worship. It's going to be this one act of worship. I think that we become better worshipers when our relationships with the people around us are better. That our relationships on the horizontal plane with our neighbors, with our church friends, with our, you know, work, uh, you know associates, all those things, when those relationships are better, this relationship is so much better right? It is. it is. It is, you know, if we're to see others as, as people who bear the image of God and we honor that and we love them, then we will love God and we'll worship him better. Our relationship with him will be better. This is practice, right? This is practice. Try to do it well. Try to do it well. Don't stomp on the floor and tell them to turn down Rose Garden. Just sing it with them really loud. It's like, I beg your pardon. You know what I'm saying? Pull out the guitar, play with them, crank the app to 10. You know, it's about allowing God to polish off the rough edges. And maturity happens when you put yourself in the place that God wants you. And so is there a neighbor that you have not been particularly loving to? Is there a coworker you have not been particularly loving to? Is there a church friend or associate you haven't been loving to is there a client you haven't been loving to those business owners sometimes you get a client that really gets on your nerves right so who's you know who is it that you haven't been particularly loving to do you need to forgive do you need to pray for that person humbly start with yourself just start with you start with yourself remember being a bringer of hope, if you're going to be a bringer of hope, then forgiveness is not an option. It's not an option. So find a way to do it. And so I'm going to pray this morning. I'm going to pray for you. And if the worship team wants to come back, that would be fantastic. But I would really encourage you, if you need prayer this morning, if there's someone where in your life where you're just like, I need to, there, there is tension there. I need to bring some reconciliation but I, this is like, I need the Holy Spirit's help, then go back and get prayer, okay? Go see Bethany, go see Barb, go see Linda. They want to pray for you. They want to bless you. I want to ask God to help you in this area. And if you need a prayer for anything else, go back and see them, okay? So why don't you all stand up and let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this challenge to be more forgiving, we thank you for this challenge, God, to as Paul said, to be at, to at our best, to do our best, to live at peace with others, God. Well, when we do that, we reflect you, Lord. Help us to walk humbly before you, God. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, Amen.